Hi and welcome everyone to what I would call the very first real episode of Story Kit Talks Live. We did, as some of you might know, three episodes in May and June just to try it out, but now it feels like we're rolling for real. This is a live event, or we can call it a webinar, or we can call it a circus if we want to, but this is where we talk about a lot of things, but the very core subject that we want to talk about every time is storytelling. And since StoryKit is the complete video creator, we will, of course, talk extensively about video storytelling throughout the season. But the more I've worked with video and social media, the more I've learned that the main challenges for the storyteller is the same, whatever format we're using. I mean, we still have to ask us, who is the audience? What do they want to hear? Which stories can I tell? Where can I find them? How should I tell them? When, where, what are my goals? And so forth. So um, my name is Jonna Ekman, and I'm a journalist who turned into a marketer, and my title is now Marketing Director at StoryKit. And by my side, I have the brilliant Teddy Bodal, who is the... <laughs> no, that's yeah, not you. No. <laughs> uh, the, the brilliant Teddy Bodal. I'm in a totally different place. <laughs> yeah. A community <laughs> manager at StoryKit, who will run the show for us. And with us today, we have the all-knowing Fredrik Strömberg. Now you can wait, Fredrik. Hey. CPO at StoryKit and also a true storyteller through and through. We're doing this live with an audience and you have no idea how much we want you all to join in the discussion. So questions, thoughts, opinions, anything, just want to shout out, laugh out loud, just raise your hand or write in the chat and Heidi will bring you in or read what you have said. But hey, uh, enough of this introduction stuff. It's time to get started with the real subject. So today I'm going to start with a meme. And since we're actually live and on cam, I'm going to show you which meme. But since I'm hoping that people will listen to this, I will tell you all about it. So this is the roller coaster dad, the marketing version of the roller coaster dad. We have a child who is going on a roller coaster and thinks it's really a lot of fun. Whee! And besides, we see the dad who is shocked and afraid and don't know what to do, completely frozen. And in this marketing version of the meme, the, uh, the happy child is the salespeople creating their own LinkedIn content. And the dad who is in shock is the marketing department trying to stop this from happening at all. And I've seen this meme quite a lot of times on LinkedIn. And it's funny. It's funny because it's true, but it's actually also annoying um, because as a marketer and a communicator, we all know that the days when we can have, when all communication would go through the brand team, it's just totally over. We can't do that anymore, especially on a platform like LinkedIn. I would say that the majority of the successful companies that I follow, they're trying to do the, the opposite thing. They're trying to let their colleagues run wild and free, but we're still sitting around complaining about how it looks, if it's good enough and so forth and so forth. And I think that's, that this has to do a lot of with processes and tools and knowledge and all of the above. So this is what we're going to talk about, brand safety. Um, I have just recently learned that brand safety in English is something else than what we'd say in Swedish, but being staying on brand as a huge company when you're starting to decentralize your communication, and especially in video. So, Fredrik, any thoughts about the meme? 
Uh, I hadn't seen it since I'm old, so I don't look at memes. Uh, uh, I thought memes. I saw, was I saw the one that you posted that was that was uh, manipulated. Uh, so I was like, eh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's uh, it holds true for most uh, people. Uh, I'm not sure if it's only the marketing department. I think it's sort of an uh, executive or higher higher up thing in in, in that a lot of a lot of sort of uh, organizations have in common in common that they 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 tend to be kind of afraid for what people are communicating in their name but let's not get ahead of ourselves yeah <laughs> yeah but why do we need to decentralize content creation or even video creation for that matter well i think i think there's a few th things to that uh first of all there, there's always this sort of it's not a trend it's 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 development it's like an evolution that you always every type of call it industrialization or digitization or whatever you call it uh any kind of development brings like tasks that you that used to belong to someone else brings them closer to the responsible person right so so i mean there were a time where you needed like 10 people to do every manual chore and then now you need now you have machines to do it and and the same goes for like anything we we try to tend tend to want to automate and try to help with technical tools that that uh, that lets the person who actually owns the task do it themselves rather than delegate it to someone so i think that that's one thing that's happening that that we need to we need to move sort of the the production or the task of creating a a, a video to the person who owns the message I, I always talk about the person who owns the message and that that's sort of separate from who owns the brand or who thinks they own the message but because i think that's where you kind of run into a, a few of these sort of friction areas is that, that is someone i mean who who actually owns you know the message uh is it the person who's responsible for for creating some kind of effect with what is said or is there someone higher up who is like the message owner i think i think um i think that's a thing that you don't talk about too much in organizations it's like stay on brand well what does that mean you know mm. so and because I think that doing doing things, production, messaging, storytelling, a lot closer to the actual sort of business or the action or the 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 the, the part of the organization that's responsible for something will over time create more effective and efficient content because it, it becomes a lot lot closer to to you know the peer to peer thing that people are getting used to and sort of growing up within so i mean the internet in in and of itself has 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 brought us to a point where we tend to look at a lot of content and trust a lot of people who are not sort of in a position because of their hierarchical status or, or something but that they're in a position because we actually trust them they are our peers in a lot of sense they 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 sort of walk in our shoes and they they have the same experience and the same kind of issues that we have so, yeah. so a lot of times that's a trend that we sort of that organizations and, and larger corporations and larger organizations also need to to be very wary about that we we are less prone perhaps over time to listen to like big centralized on brand you know big messaging and we want a lot of small messaging uh so and and all of that sort of comes down to it, it it boils down to speed, right? Speed is key. You have to be, you have to be both proactive and reactive at the same time. You have to be able to 
to act on what's happening here and now because everything is moving faster. I mean, even if it's uh, if it's something that happens, if it's a news item or whatever that sort of affects your 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 business or organization, that's one thing. But but also when you're recruiting people, you have to be faster. You have to sort of talk more and talk more often to them because everything is sort of sped up. And that's that's not because we are, you know. Uh, superior to people 20 years ago. It's just that the tools have made it possible for us to speed up. So speed is key. And speed and sort of centralized, big traditional content production, they don't yell too too good. That that's a that's a huge issue, right? So I think everyone has felt the pain of I want this out. Yeah, sure. It's like one of those quotes from I can't remember what movie it is. It's like, well come back two weeks ago and I'll have it for you by tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You should have asked like six months ago, yeah. then it would be done in time. I mean, we've heard from our clients, like, you know, even getting to talk to someone at the studio is like 12 weeks away. It's yeah. like, well, I need this out by tomorrow. Yeah. There's a thing. Or, or in 10 minutes. Yeah, or in 10 minutes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> this is viral now. Now, so I see, I see that. And I also see the, I mean... The whole social media thing that we just need to publish everywhere and all the time and frequently and everyone does because, I mean, it's such a huge trend on LinkedIn right now, just going out saying everyone in your company should be like a micro influencer for your company and let them do their thing and blah, blah, blah. But still you see these memes and I'm guessing that that's why the reason why we're both wanting our salespeople or HR people or colleagues, whatever colleague, to do things, but still be afraid that it'll look good or be bad is the reason for that is that we don't have the right processes and we don't have the right tools to really enable people to do things. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think there's there's additional layers to what that process is. And I think yeah. there's additional layers to that discussion because a lot of times it tends to end up in what can be controlled in documents, right? So, so if yeah. it's if it's off-brand, then it doesn't adhere to a specific type of brand document that exists. A lot of times, those documents and stuff are not compatible with content creation, uh, in a sense that they are, but they tend to, to function in a, in a totally different way, right? They function as as a negative rather than a positive. So, so we tend to discuss exactly how big the box should be and uh, if it, how uh, sort of the radius of the rounded corner and the distance from the from the canvas edge and things like that and and that has its place that that has that has sort of uh there's a utility to that for the people who are sort of almost only the ones who are actually creating that sort of graphic manual so a lot of times when we talk about brand guidelines and stuff we talk about sort of graphic manuals yeah uh and then we talk about these things where we, how do we sort of communicate as a brand on a on a extremely sort of high level and lofty way? It's like we should be this and this. This is like tied directly to the vision and the mission of the of the organization. And that's there's a huge void between those two things, right? Where we don't talk about processes a lot, and and I think. That's where we there's sort of so much development to do for organizations because when you if you see something and that sort of makes you kind of like a bit queasy as a marketing director as me as a founder it's like oh I don't really like that 
that my sort of colleague has done. A lot of times, no, wait, I'll rephrase. That is almost never come from sort of a bad place, right? This is the salesperson or the, your sales development representative or your HR people. They are trying to sort of do what they are put there to do, to reach out, to get more leads, to get more sort of uh, activity around what we're saying. Uh, and they have, perhaps they have tools in place, they have access to, to the communication platforms and whatnot. What they very seldom have is like, well, here's a type of story that you can tell. This is a narrative that we tend to tell. So a lot of times when I react to things, it's not like, well, that doesn't look good. It's more like, is that a story we should tell? Is that really like, is that, is that a subject that you, you know, dressed up in the attire of the organization really should say at this moment? And it comes, so it's a lot of times when it blurs the line between sort of personal or, uh, and professional. That's when I get sort of like, oh, I don't know if that's something we really want to talk about. But the thing is, what's amiss there is like, this person has done this from, not, not not a dark place, but but a light place. Right? It's like yeah. I need to communicate more. I need to do something that sort of piques interest. So if that person had more options of what stories to tell, what narratives to sort of communicate, how they should do it, how we do it, not in like we are this and this and this lofty goal, but more like you know you can tell a story that works like this. You can do yeah. this. You can pick up this from your organization. You can do this. Tools or no tools to help you do that, just to get people the idea of the narrative. And that's where sort of format development and stuff is so, so underutilized by organizations. There's, I mean, the the brand guidelines and graphical manuals and stuff, they tend to work, like I said, in a negative way. They're, they're gatekeepers. It's like, well, I have this idea of communication. It doesn't adhere to these guidelines. Sorry, you can't do it. And then you have the other ways like, well, yeah, do whatever you want. And then it starts to look a bit crazy sometimes. But you, I'm I'm sort of a, what's, what's, I'm like the, the ever optimist about this because I don't think people want to communicate on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook like out of spite. I never think it comes from a bad place. I always think it comes from a good place. Like I want to tell a story. I, I want this story to be better. I want it to be this and this and this. Like, like, yeah, well, let's let's get you more tools to do that. And those cannot only be like guardrails. They can they can't always be like, oh, sorry, can't tell that story because you don't have the right, you know, shade of green. Yeah. Or ma, you don't have the logo in the place to the correct amount of percentage from the canvas edge. So sorry. Now you're now you're making a lot of designers angry. Uh, but it's interesting because I fully agree that most of the time where I bounce is is when people have told like a story that doesn't really jack into what we want to say. But still, um, I've seen a lot of discussions lately about how important the actual designed brand is on social media too. I saw, ah, sorry for not remembering who it was, but it's someone who writes a lot about TikTok who showed off first uh, uh, a Swedish advertisement for uh, um, home utility things, Klaus Olsson with the boxes and stuff. And Throughout that ad, you couldn't see who it was. So it was like, is this Ikea? Is it just my ordinary shop where I can buy boxes and stuff? What is it? 
And then she showed uh, another ad quite like it where you could see the brand colors that it's it was really branded not in a way that was like this is advertisement but you just felt the brand design wise and this is also something that i i know that facebook has told me or people at facebook has told me that on social media you can't just hide the brand you need to show it because there's so much information and we need these like visual connections that that makes us know that this is story kit this is not some other video thingy uh all the time so there's a a sweet balance there between like just throw the brand out of the gates and or or really adhere to the brand guidelines which i think is really difficult yeah and i think i, I think i have i have a ton of opinions about this this is what i've i want to hear them all yeah or at least the first two (laughs) please please cancel all your other meetings no but the thing is this uh, there is a you you can you can create like direct recognition from like frame one for something sometimes it's a color right you can have a color there are brands that have a color there's like oh i know what this is i know directly i saw the color that's them then there are others who do it sort of the with with how they like shoot video. They have a style. They have a, like a storytelling thing that they do. IKEA is a good example. You mentioned Klaus Olsen. Two good examples. Klaus Olsen is very much a color, right? That light blue color. No one else. They have. They own that color in Sweden. IKEA has a, has a way of telling a story that has been almost like comically like over exaggerated in, in the last few years, but they have a story. Uh, if other big Swedish brands, I mean, you had H&M many years under as they did the exact same thing every time, white background, person, clothes, you knew, I mean, you could see it a thousand feet away. It's like, that's an H&M ad. You didn't have to see the price or logo. You, you knew what it was, right? So, so you can create these really sort of strong pockets of stuff. Typography is a thing that's really sort of communicates brand when you have it associated with a color or that you have sort of established out on the market because uh, I have the fortunate or unfortunate uh, situation where I actually know the typography of a lot of companies and I know that a lot of them have the same typography and there there's like a there, there's a sort of a the trends are very prevalent when it comes to typography okay but the thing is so you can create you can create a lot of recognition by these thing different things what sort of doesn't create brand recognition is the distance for the logo from the canvas edge or exactly how many milliseconds it takes for a certain uh, text to animate in or stuff like that. Those are the things that just go people, they they just pass people. No one has ever like, oh, you know, brand X have a really strong animation curves on how they sort of animate uh, solid objects into the video. And they always have the logo 15 pixels from the right. I mean, they they tried 17 and that just didn't look like, you know, them. That's not not where people are coming from. And and this is especially true in this sort of very fragmented environment where you have a lot of different platforms that puts demands. You have to move stuff around and stuff. What, but what, what you don't have to sort of compromise on, it's like, what typeface do you use? What colors do you use? And when you're in the sort of higher level of video production, then it's like, how do you shoot the film you shoot, right? How do you grade it? How do you do stuff? Tons of stuff that creates recognition. Does it 
equate with sort of efficiency and, and good results. Oh, I don't know. That's 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 a different question. But of course, you can do that. But the thing is, it takes very little to create that thing in your head where you're like, well, this is cross awesome. Just flash that color and you would know it, right? And then, then you're set. Then you, you're you sort of in that situation. So, I mean, brand is super important, but it's not that hard. That's the thing, right? You you have to establish. There, there's, there's what can happen is on the downside. It's like when you communicate from a brand and you make it look shitty. That's a problem, of course. But shit is always a problem. It's, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it, it, it's something you never should do. Where, where, where do you draw that line? I don't know. It has to be up to every organization to say that, well, now we're fine with posting GIFs. That's super on the brand for us. That's how we feel. Or, uh, nope, we, d- we don't do that. That's not us. Okay, sure. That, that's fine. But th- the thing is, you know, communicating the brand, establishing the brand for something isn't really that hard. It doesn't take all of those things that people sometimes would have you believe that it take. It's like, no, I can't let anyone else do this. So what you do instead, well, I mean, so, so what happens is that you you sort of centralize the skill of creating something that is super on the guidelines, super on brand to very few people. And what you have created is not like a creative thing. You have created a gatekeeper, right? You have, you have created a way to control the output, which inevitably means less output. Right, you 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 sort of throttle it down so hard, so it's very very difficult to get something out there. So, so, so I mean, brand is important, but don't think it's that hard. Don't think it's that advanced, right? Yeah. And so, what we see in um, within a lot of our customers and how they work, we've got organizations of different styles and sizes and everything is that you truly might need a different approach at large organizations when it comes to video marketing. It might be a bit more laid back in the smaller ones, but when you're a really big org, you need to start like still put stuff a bit in the boxes. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, the the thing is, it it, it harks back to the thing I was talking about before. I mean, I I really think you need to do it. And the reason you need to do it is because in a large organization in this day and age, the sheer scale of the production that you need to do to be really efficient is just, you can't build a video department that big. And why can't you build a traditional video department that big? Because video departments, traditional video production does not scale, right? It has no scale advantages except for, well, maybe we can get, maybe we don't need to have 20 expensive cameras, it's, it's enough by 10 because the utilization is only 50% for them. But you still need people editing videos, you still need to do that. And that's labor intensive and it's manual work. And it's what you want to do for the most high end of the high end. 99% of what you should do or need to do from like a communications or marketing standpoint is not the high end, right? No. It can take things from the high end productions and use it and reuse it, sure. And you can make it available. But I think I think what you first of all need to do when you when you when you truly try to decentralize video production is that you need to talk about this void between what you can't do and what we are and give people lots of examples of well here's the thing you can do here here's a here's a thing I did that you could like mimic and do the same here's a recruitment ad that I did and it worked really great and it was just 20 seconds long and it just I had great click throughs for that. It's like here's the 
here's the blueprint for that. You just do it like this, right? Regardless of the tools, regardless of what. So you need to build up this discussion about the actual stories that you, you can use, right? So you need to have those banks of stories because apart from that being a way to, you know, control or affect or influence how stories are told throughout your organization, it, it also solves a much more basic need with a lot of marketers and and, and sort of communicators. It's like, it's that, I, I don't know how to tell this story. I don't know what story to tell, right? So you can, you, you, you can have that. But that discussion, I feel, is very, very seldom had. It's like, I, I, I haven't really... I mean, when working as a consultant, that was what consultants did. They they took that upon themselves, and then then we sat in our office, and then we did storytelling for customers, right? Yeah. So so I, I think there has to be a lot more discussion of what are the stories that you can tell, and they don't have to be advanced or a lot of them. If you are a recruiter, if you are a, a, a marketer, I mean, there's there's a good few stories that that can be told and that you sort of can standardize and and. and and just do so. I think that discussion needs to to be be in place as as a part of that decentralization decentralization process. Um, and it also comes to to control. I would say uh, I, I see so many large enterprises really hesitating. They want to build like a really efficient video team, but they're so afraid of of landing in in this. And being like, whoa, what did they create? So it sounds a bit boring, but it seems like control is really important when you are trying to decentralize, especially video creation, but maybe all content creation when you are uh, uh, an established brand. Control control is, of course, super important, I think. And I think to a certain extent, I, 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 I'm sort of not advocating free for all just because you have sort of the, 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 your heart in the right <laughs> just place. Just do anything. Just do anything. No, no, of course. But, but it, so, I mean, of course, you have to sort of offer the tooling and you have to 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 keep a, a sort of a modicum of control. And that can be, I mean, control can be pretty far-fetched thing. You can have pretty severe limitations of what you can and can't do. But the thing is, if that doesn't gel with the stories that you tell as well, right? So it's like, well, I have these limitations, but here's here's also a ton of great stories that I can tell within those limitations. Yeah. If you don't have both both those things in place, then you will probably run up to people like that. Ah, I can't do anything. It's not creative enough because I saw this really cool thing with unicorns and starbursts and stuff, and I can't do that. And now I can't tell my story. It's like, well, you you, you probably can. I, I mean, you are probably trying to tell. In, in, in a sense, the wrong story then, uh, because you haven't had a great idea. And I think, so I think you need to address it from both sides. And when you have stories, those sort of graphical guidelines or brand limitations, they they won't feel that hard, right? Sure. Because you have getting stuff out there anyway, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a person who leaves work every day and feel like, Ah shoot! I didn't get to spend enough time with like crafting the creative output and you know making cool effects in that video I'm working on and stuff. And you're actually measured on how many shoes you sell. Then you should probably just switch careers, right, and become a videographer because that's that that venue is open for you. There's a, there's a line of work where you can 
you know, work with animation curves and stuff every day. I'm not saying that you will succeed, but I mean, there is a line of work. If you're in it for, to sell shoes or get people to, to, to send money into your NGO, then you should probably be like, whoa, that was a great day. I didn't spend almost any time in craft, crafting the message that I needed to, 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 to actually do my job, right? Mm -hmm. So limitations can also speed up things, right? Less okay. options can be a good thing. But yeah, you know. yeah, that's something that uh, I follow uh, an American marketer called Dave Gerard, who is um, all, always talking about guardrails, and not yeah. maybe for especially for for creative content, but for everything you do. Like if I don't know which budget I have, it's very difficult to make my plan. If I don't know which colors to use, it's much more difficult to create on brand things. Yeah, but sure. do you have any? Um, do you have any tips on how to get started with video marketing at more established organizations? Because it's so easy to just, okay, we're going to hire that videographer and start from there. I, I would start with, like, I, I would be do that really, really annoying thing that when I was working at a, at a, at a custom publishing agency, it was like, well, we have to be able to make money by telling people not to publish things. We have to be able to make money by telling people kill that communication channel off, right? So I think you have to start from basics. Go like department by department and ask like, so, so what are your communication needs? What do you need to get out? Mm -hmm. If you talk to HR, if you talk to like talent acquisition, it's probably going to be recruitment ads, right? If you talk to some kind of product marketers, it's going to probably be something about your products and 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 the sort of life cycle of that. So I think first of all, just ju just make sure that you do that work because then a lot of times perhaps you won't find that your salespeople are doing uh, you know wildly different stories about brand or or talent acquisition. So you won't find your sort of talent acquisition people creating content about the mission of the company and stuff like that, you know? So, so I mean, I, I think start with the basics, like just get that on. So what, what's your sort of, what's your best or major or most, most sort of relevant purpose to, to communicate about? In large organizations, one department will have a lot of different needs, right? Because they are, in a sense, big organizations within bigger organizations. But if you're like medium-sized, then, then certain departments are responsible for doing different things. And I would start there. I would start like, what what what, what do you guys need to, to do the actual work that you're put here to do? Then I would start investigating the kinds of narratives or the formats that you need to do that in a very you know, basic way. It's like, no, we have to find new people. Okay, what do we need to do to find new people? Well, we have to, first of all, tell them that we exist. We have to tell them something about ourselves. We have to sell our sort of story as an employer. We have to do this and this and this. And from that process, you will have lots of sort of subjects or you can call them formats or narratives that you want to tell. So, I mean, there's... I would I wouldn't go into sort of video production until much later, even if that's the premise for why mm -hmm. you're doing this job, right? So yeah. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. It's start still just a format. I mean, it is. I mean, and 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 a lot of times, I, I think we talk about this every time on these talks. It's like, well, sometimes it shouldn't be a video. 
right? There's always that option for it not to be a video. Yeah, that would have been really sort of really bad if you had made a video out of that to show that yeah. sort of get that point through. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so that's that's the boring answer. It's like I would start with a very, very basic sort of analysis of what people need, and then then move on, move on, and move up from there. Uh, yeah, super interesting. Um, I have one last question for you before we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I think this is uh, super. Uh, interesting to to hear your thoughts about this um, because I mean, as a little spoiler in the story kit, we have lots of ways to make your brand look good in video. But sure. whatever tool or process or whatever you're doing, do you have any any ideas on like how can I make sure my brand looks good in video? What are the basics for doing that, regardless of which tool or thing you're using to create your video? Uh, I mean, first of all, it's like if we disregard the basics of it, I mean, this whatever tool or solution you use, you have like the right font and you have the right color and stuff, you know, all those things that are really sort of on a visual level and this super fast, like visual recognition thing makes yeah. it to be your brand. I think where if, if, if I were to wish, if I had like, if I run an organization, I would do this. Well, wait, do no, but I would do. Uh, I would spend some time thinking about how we actually sort of create our assets. I would try to be on some level, and I will give you a few examples of what level that uh, that could be. On some level, I would try to create a kind of look for myself that sort of is the, the layer below. So, so. And that can be super hard and super expensive, right? It's like, no, we need to have our own stock assets and they need to look like this. And we hire this team to just go around to every office we have and stuff, and it will look like this. That's kind of a tough ask because it costs a lot of money. For larger organizations, that should be a given. They should always do that. As soon as someone films something, that, that should go into like a centralized bank and it should be treated in a way that makes it look on brand and sort of follows all the principles all the time and then made available to the whole organization. But you can you can do that. That's sort of the super expensive way of making everything look good. It's like keep it to a controlled set of assets, just use assets that look in a certain way. Or use, you know, basic color plates and stuff so that you're always sort of very, very controlled in that sense. So all, all the use of assets is one thing. Another way of, of of doing that is trying is is like post-processing. It's like you could do that before it gets into a tool like StoryKit. Uh, you can grade video and you can, you know, grade images and you can make them look a certain way, and then you use them as is. A third even cheaper and more easy way is that you that you come up with a way of mimicking or creating that sort of brand look within a tool like StoryKit. So that, well, we always use this filter set to forty eight percent opacity, uh, 
and that's 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 a look that we're using and that that way you can i mean we've we've talked about this a ton of times over the years it's like you can create a coherent look by just using built-in tools and do the same thing on 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 every asset that you that you put in the tool once again regardless of tool that's a way to do it it's like do the same thing with stuff and then you you will see that well that creates kind of a a cool and consistent look yeah. uh you can go super heavy on those sort of f- filters and 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 uh, styling things or you can go very light regardless of what it's like it kind of normalizes everything to a certain look okay so that's that's way but and, and the, the easiest way to, to make it, everything look good i would say is to back off a bit like use simpler if in story kit it would be like use simpler slide types use sort of less animation rely more on or you know when you have text over videos are is like rely more on the more simple animations perhaps don't introduce too many plates or objects and stuff like that so just keep it very sort of simple uh, and let let the viewer focus on the actual message because going a bit more low-key is kind of a good way to to ensure that you're not drawing outside the lines too much uh so i think there's i mean there's in every situation there's a solution to being more on the brand or not outside the guidelines uh, even if you don't have like oh we have perfect on brand assets that we use every time or we have these you know amazing tools set up that just automatically lets everything become you know super super uh, on the brand in every every aspect of it um so i mean there's there's a lot of ways to to achieve something that looks that looks more on brand and it's a lot of times it tends to be like the quiet kid in the classroom a bit right if you don't make too much of a fuss then people will tend to to look at it like well that seems okay that that's (laughs) that's well sorted that's that's well mannered it's that that works yeah Uh, yeah um that's something we see a lot with every user that almost every user that comes on the story kit that the first couple of videos are like wow firecrackers and every slide there is in the tool and then after a while you just realize that this is starting to get in the way of my messaging and it doesn't look on brand and people start slimming down which is a nice development to see when they're really starting to trust the the storytelling instead yeah exactly like that it's like with almost every tool that you use or whatever. Yeah. yeah. First you do it all. Toy. Yeah, exactly. First you <laughs> use everything and then you just use what's really necessary. And and uh so it, it, it's an evolution that I think a lot of people need to go through as well. But 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 from an organizational standpoint or like a, a, a brand guideline or whatever, making the brand look good, that's a that's a good development. Yeah. You don't need that much. I, yeah. I I I've I've been discussing this question for all the for throughout the story kits. So it's like do we know of a brand where the sort of the brand recognition lies in their animations, like in the patterns with, with how things are moving? And so far, I've come up with like no, no. I mean, I can I can name tons of brands that have like with how they film stuff and and sort of like that. 
but I can't really see one that is like, well, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, that box moves in to the screen in a certain way that I just know it's Tysco. It, it doesn't really do it. Please let us know if you know a brown so we can yeah, would, <laughs> prove Frederick wrong. <laughs> it would be really it would be really cool if 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 there ever was one that was like they don't have they don't do text, they don't do anything, they just like animate circles and boxes onto a screen. It's like, oh, that's totally Pepsi. That's I mean they cool. could because they have graphical objects in their logo, but it's like, no, just a square box. Show it on the screen, and I will tell you what brand it is. There's probably some cork sniffer out there that knows exactly how that works. It's like just it's like the, when people are are uh, hearing differences in in audio cables. It's like, well, I know what brand of cable that is. It's like, oh, I know that animation. That's from the X, Y, and Z brand. It's like, sure, but most people, no. most people wouldn't. We're gonna wrap this up. So thank you, everyone who's been with us, and thank you, Frederick, for. <laughs> bringing your wisdom into the conversation once again uh, i do this only to say that i i do this only because you, you will tell me that it's wisdom yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll be doing these bi-weekly so every second thursday until christmas so please sign up for the rest of the exciting story talks live webinar live story. shows circuses that's a very long name that's sure not story talk that's a cool name story that's talks. what we should have gone with Oh, anyways, thank you very much and have a nice day, everyone. Nice day. Bye. Thank you. Bye.